everyone. Well, hello. Hello. We're back again. Cheers, my dears. I think I'm going to say that from now on. I said it earlier and I fell in love with it. So. This is this is great. It's been only a whole month since I've seen her. Four total weeks. Since your birthday. Mm-hmm. So speaking of her birthday, if you guys saw on um, Instagram, we were at the live show of And That's Why We Drink. Um, her hoodie glows in the dark. Mine just has their cool metal bits on it. Um, but that was a great show. It was awesome. It was so much fun. So you'll have to go look up And That's Why We Drink or ATWWD on Instagram and see like their their listings, not all their shows are sold out, but if you have never listened to their podcast, go check it out. It's actually the podcast that inspired our podcast. So thank you, Emma and Christine, uh, for making a great podcast for us to um, hope to achieve that level of success someday. So yes, not that they'll ever see this, but if you do, tag, tag them. And, I mean, they did They did <laughs> share our they did. story. They did. We tagged them in our story that we were going, and they reshared it on their page. So that was pretty awesome. Yeah, and I was like, I could die happy. <laughs> now, that's small, small things. Little joys. Yeah, the little joys in life. So it was a fabulous show. If you're a fan of theirs, it's worth it. And the tickets are like 40 bucks. They're like really cheap. It's a really good time. Yeah, so we'll jump into ours. Um, we'll say hello to all of our, our patients first. So if you want to skip ahead like 20, 30 seconds, go for it. But hello to everybody in the United States, the United Kingdom, India, Australia, Bulgaria, Jamaica, Russia, Belgium, Canada, Italy, Germany, Sweden, El Salvador, Nigeria, Portugal, Albania, Cuba, Spain, Iran, Mexico, Norway, the Philippines. Hello, Poland. Welcome to the psych ward. We're happy to have you in South Africa and everybody in between. So welcome to the show and Let's just jump right into it. Also, before we completely begin, though, we do want to apologize. I know sometimes our audio is kind of shit. And let's be honest, it's when we're at my place here. So my temporary home right now, um, let's be honest, it's just very echoey. And we have struggled for the last 30 minutes actually trying to figure out how we're going to go about doing this. So that's not so shit because we know it is shit. So bear with us, you guys. I do apologize. We think we have a system down. We just can't do it quite today. But going forward, after we record today, we will be better we are getting there yeah we have to order a piece of equipment yes so yes we're learning if you know of any um apps or uh, sites or sources or programs or things that you feel have can reduce echo uh let us know because we could always use reduced echo but otherwise we'll figure it out yep. reverse reverse so we are back with my episode and i'm ready to depress everyone the fuck out so my story is a relevant case. Um, it's also a docu-series on Netflix, and they just had gone back to court literally this month. And I was like, oh my God, I have to cover this case because it's bananas. But we're going to get into this. So this case is from 2019. That's how relevant this is. And we're going to cover... The murders of Tylee Ryan and Joshua Jackson Vallow. He also goes by JJ. And the docuseries on Netflix you can watch. It's really, really good. They go into a lot of detail. Um, it's called The Sins of Our Mother. and um, Or Sins of Our Mother. It's really, really good. And long story short, it's basically about this woman named Lori. And Lori gets kind of really 
involved in this weird group that she joined off of a faction of the LDS church. So this involves the LDS church. And then she kind of joins this little group that gets, that's kind of its own weird little thing. And we're going to dive into the whole thing. So have you heard of this docuseries or this case? It sounds really familiar. So like, I think I have like, because you know, of course, Netflix is like suggestions to you, Mm -hmm. which of course, things like that pop up for me. So I think that was on one of my suggestion lists. So I have that it, it rings the bell, but I didn't actually watch it. So well, ten out of ten would recommend because you're kind of like, what the actual fuck is going on? But it's only four episodes, so it's like four hours. It's like a mini docu series. It's great. Um, the docu series goes in a totally different direction than I do. I mean, I'm mainly trying to cover what happened to Tylee and JJ. Um, so I'm not going to go really in depth on Lori and some of the other players involved because there's like six people involved here but i want to stick true to like this actual case and what's going on with it but the docuseries really dives deep into like Lori's background and this group within the lds that she's kind of like projected off with there's a podcast involved that i'm not going to reference because it doesn't really have an impact here um so you could probably find that and listen to like their crazy ramblings and stuff and like there's really crazy camera footage like it's really cool so 10 10 recommend we're going to jump right into it. So our story begins on November 26th, 2019 in Rexburg, Idaho. Um, the police show up to do a wellness check. Um, it started off for just seven-year-old JJ, which is really sad because he was only seven years old. But it turned into not only a welfare check on JJ, but for 16-year-old Tylee as well. Lori, who they eventually find, the house, uh, the door they originally knock on, they don't find Lori. They meet her brother, uh, Alex, and her soon-to-be husband at the time. I know her her husband at the time, uh, Chad. Now, Chad says that he's like her cousin or something. Like he totally gives them like a weird whatever. And they didn't know who this guy was. <laughs> but Lori was actually upstairs. So they eventually go upstairs because they're like, okay, well, where is she? They go upstairs to talk to Lori, and Lori's like, oh. Well, JJ is with a friend of mine in Arizona, um, that friend being Melanie. And Melanie will come into play a little bit later. But she's like, oh, JJ is with my friend Melanie in Arizona, uh, which is where a bunch of these crimes take place between Arizona and Idaho. So these charges are also between Arizona and Idaho. Um, And then Tylee was apparently at the Brigham or the Bingham Young University uh, in Idaho. And so she's like, yeah, they're not here, but that's where they are. And they were like, okay um can you like get a hold of them or whatever and originally when they talked to her brother alex downstairs that he was like oh well jj's with his grandparents and they're like well that's unlikely because his grandparents the ones that called us to do this welfare check nice so i was like ooh, that was a bad play yeah real bad play (laughs) so that's kind of where our story begins so now we're going to kind of dive into how this became like a nation like a nationwide case like when i was doing my research like there are places reporting on the update to this case in the uk like this became like a worldwide case this all begins with um tylee being born so tylee was born on september 24th 2020 i'm sorry she wasn't born in 2022 she was born in, uh, math 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 she was 16 years old in 2019 so 2003 2002 2003 yeah right 
Uh, I put 2022, which would make no sense. I think <laughs> I meant to say 2002. Um, she was a Libra, uh, and she was also the year of the tiger. Um, and then JJ was born May 25th, 2012, which is literally my last day of high school. I remember that being my last day of high school. Oh, I don't even remember what my last day. Yeah, I don't know why I remember that, but I do. So a side note, but he was also a Gemini and he was the year of the dragon. Um, their parents were Lori Vallow Daybell. She does remarry. So she takes on like a hyphenated last name. Um, she also, so she was the mother of Tylee, but she's the adopted mother of JJ. And Charles Vallow um, was the father of Tylee. So Tylee's parents were Lori and Charles Vallow. JJ's adopted parents were Lori and Charles Vallow. JJ actually got brought into the scene because Charles's nephew had a son that him and his baby's mother couldn't take care of. So his parents were taking care of JJ. They were like, we're getting kind of old. We want him to be people who are younger. So him and Lori are like, yeah, we'll, we'll adopt JJ. JJ was also autistic, which in the docuseries, it's really it's really terrible when I kind of dive deeper into some of the stuff, but like part of his autism, Lori basically uses as justification for some of his behavior and why he's a demon, but it's not him being a demon. It's literally him having autism. So then there's this third character named Colby Ryan. Colby Ryan is kind of like the main talking point in the docuseries. That is Lori's eldest son. So Lori essentially has three children, one of them adopted as JJ. Um, Colby Ryan is Lori's eldest son. She's He's from her first marriage. I think she ends up being married five times by the end of all of this. So her first marriage was failed. And then she marries um, the second guy who she has Colby with. And then it doesn't work out. They get divorced. Um, and I think by her third husband... And Colby's stepfather, he goes to his mom and, you know, they're all LDS. Lori was raised LDS, so they're all in the LDS church, but nothing weird yet. It's after this divorce that she starts to get super involved in the church. Um, and he comes to his mom and he says, hey, this guy is like doing things to me. And this is what he's doing to me. He was also physically abusive to not only Colby, but Lori. And he talks in the docuseries, like Lori kind of like shuts down, doesn't say anything. Um, she, they do show a clip from her podcast of her talking about it, but basically she divorces him because he's sexually abusing her son and abusing both of them physically. So there's that. She did do something good. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So that's a little bit of Colby. He's really not going to come up until the end of our story because it's not really about him. Um, so Lori, a little bit about her. She's the third of four children raised in a very LDS household, um, after divorcing Joe, which was her third husband or the one that was abusive to Colby, um, she gets super involved in the church, as I said. And over time, and this is kind of blurred out of when this really started, but Charles is her fourth husband and Tylee's parent, Tylee's father and JJ's adopted father. Um, but he talks about it in some of the body cam footage from police about how Lori is convinced that she's a deity and a god. And she's talked about on her podcast about how, you know, I don't know if it's an LDS thing. I've never been in the LDS. So fact checked me or let me know if you are in, in LDS. But um, there seems to be, a, they interview a couple of people who were, and it seems to be a thing about like having past lives. 
And she's like, oh, I've had a bunch of past lives and I fought in this war for millennia. And she's convinced that um, that she's some kind of God or deity. She's uh, also says that she can hear God and she can talk to angels and they're giving her instructions on things that she's going to do. And one of the things she says that God told her she was going to do was like be on Wheel of Fortune, which she was. And I'm like, that's a very selfish thing to think that out of all these people praying to God, like he's like, hey, you're going to go on Wheel of Fortune. Yeah, there's a lot to say about her already. I, I have a lot of questions for one. For one, typically I'm kind of shocked that she had gone through so many divorces and remarriages in the LDS community because I thought that that was kind of like a that wasn't as a common practice basically is mm-hmm. divorce and marriage and remarriage i should say yeah so that's why i'm like kind of surprised that she's gone through so many they've been they haven't like kicked her out or anything this i kind of think by this time when she's with charles because she meets charles when she's in lds and charles actually kind of like turns left around he quits drinking he really takes like a positive turn like you could say at the time that they meet in like court and get married there she did a lot of positive things I, he, she brought a lot of positive things out of him, I guess. Yeah. I mean, also, though, to the LDS community, typically, and not to offend anybody, this is just from what I've heard, that when it comes to, like, those who speak to God and stuff like that, or, like, you know, like you're saying, like, deities and stuff like that, I'm actually shocked because she's female. Mm-hmm. Where, as from what my understanding is, a lot of those people are seen as those powerful people that, you know, talk to God and stuff like that, typically are male. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of surprised. Oh, don't worry. One of those comes in. Oh, okay. <laughs> Her fifth husband comes in. Gotcha. Chad. Chad. Um, but anyway. I work with a Chad, but I love Chad. <laughs> Chad and I have known each other for a long time. Shout out to Chad. Good Chad. Good Chad. He's a good Chad. He's a good Chad. And as those of you don't know what LDS stands for, it's the Church of Latter-day Saints. That's what that stands for. Um, but at this point where she's like meeting him, she's kind of like in this group, in this podcast, and they've kind of started to have their own, I think they're, they take the LDS and they start to morph it into something else. They, I mean, she's come to believe that the world's going to end in July 22nd, 2020. It didn't. Nope. Um, She believes the world's going to end in July of 2020. And then Chad really solidifies like an actual date for her, but she hasn't met Chad yet. So as she's getting super, like, it, I mean, it, Colby talks in the interview or in the in the docuseries, like, in some of the photos you see of their house, like, there's photos of, like, the church here and, like, a whole bunch of stuff. So she's getting super into LDS. And even her friends say that she starts to become really paranoid and, like, doomsday preppy. Mm. Um, and so she's she's literally terrified of the end of the world. So she's convinced she's a deity. And as most people who are religious are like false prophets, right? Like yeah. blah, 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 blah. And one girl they interview, she's like, um, for LDS, like she knew Lori and Chad. She was like, yeah, it was really concerning because Chad would say one thing. And she's like, Jesus would bring forth the... Um, like the first, not the first order, maybe it's the first order, the first power or something. And like Chad was basically saying he was going to be the one. So we'll get into him in a minute. But so she's convinced she's a deity um, and she would talk shit about Charles to her friends saying that she doesn't see Charles as her, as her spiritual equal and that basically their marriage is like on the rocks and blah, 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 blah. 
Um, as I said, she really became convinced that the end times were going to happen in 2020. She really started to like doomsday prep, like, like rice and water and like all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, and, oh, she would make, she made a remark to one of her friends, basically it, like talking about murder, suicide. And she basically said, I would almost rather drive off of a cliff with my kids in the car with me than be around for basically the end times. And she was like, don't do that. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah, like don't murder suicide <laughs> your children. You know what I mean? No. So that's kind of a little bit about Lori. Um, on December 5th, 2018, Lori and Charles meet uh meet Daybell. So Lori and Charles, they meet Chad Daybell. Um, I'm sorry, I don't know. I meant to say Chad. My notes are weird. Lori and Chad meet. Um, and she meets him at an LDS conference where he was the speaker. She really liked what he had to say. So after the show, they chit chat, they hit it off and she eventually would bring him onto her podcast to speak occasionally, which they show clips of in the docu-series. Um, but her and Chad hit it off. Um, and you know, everyone who was like, yeah, we always saw that, but they only spoke of each other or really Lori specifically, but only as professionally. So no one really thought or cared much in it. It was like a church thing. Systematically, though, their marriage, her marriage with Charles really starts to go downhill and she basically turns her family against him. So he is like starting to suspect that Lori, first of all, he's like, Lori's fucking nuts. Like she's losing her mind. Um, They show some body cam footage because he's like locked out of his house and like Lori's not there. And he's like, I can't get in touch with my kids. Like I'm so scared. And he's like, well, what's he's like, my wife is crazy. And she is like, what makes her danger to you and your kids? And he's like, well, she's threatened to kill me. She said that I can kill you and things like that. So she starts to text family saying like, don't listen to Chad. Like Chad thinks I'm crazy. And he's saying that like, I'm dangerous and starts before Chad does anything. She's already telling people that this is what he's going to do, which is a very manipulative. Wait, are we about Charles or Chad? I'm sorry, Charles. It's getting real hard here. Charles, we're on Charles yet. Too many ages. Too many men. Um, so we're talking about Charles. She's saying that Charles- her current husband. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Her current husband. I'm sorry. So I'm sorry to confuse anybody. Lori is telling her family, "Don't listen to Charles. Yeah. He thinks I'm crazy." Which really, Charles is not crazy. Is Lori the crazy? He's not crazy. Yeah. But Charles hasn't said anything to the family yet, so they're already prepared for what he's going to tell them because she knows what he's going to tell them. Mm-hmm. And so it makes his case look really bad when he finally does like tell the family what's going on. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. I mean, I'm happy to rewatch this for like a fourth time just because it's, you will fucking blow your mind how this body cam footage that you see of him. It's fucking bonkers. Anyway, so she's starting to systematically turn the family against him. She also tells everybody that she found evidence that he was cheating on her, that he was going on these business trips to Texas and that there were girls and there were women. And by the time Charles gets to the family, he's already, because then Lori, by the way, um, decides that while he's on a business trip, one of these business trips, that she's going to call brother Alex. Alex is one of the characters in this. Mm-hmm. She gives Alex the spare truck key, has him go to the airport, I'm assuming Sky Harbor, and take his truck from the parking garage she then cancels his return flight home. 
And again, Mass texts the family about the infidelity and this and that. And then when he comes home, he's like, where the fuck is my shit? Yeah. He calls the police. He's calling Lori. And he starts to, like, call the family. And he's like, what the hell is going on? And, like, people, they're like, you need to figure that out with her. Like, that's your guys' marital issue. Even Colby talks about it. How, like, you know, they all thought that, like, he was he was the one cheating. And, like, he's, like, saying, like, I never cheated. Like, she's making it up. She's actually the one cheating on me. And he's like, okay, that just sounds like a guilty person trying to turn the tables. Right. 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 Also, she's playing. I feel like maybe that's why she got away with it so many times, getting so many divorces and remarriages. I'm wondering how often she really played the victim. Right. So after all this happens, um, she is known. This is she says this to a friend. She also says this to Charles and he talks about it on this body cam footage. She um says to a friend that she's convinced. And this friend's like, this is when I became worried. Um. She says that Charles is actually dead and he's being possessed by a demon and that demon is inhabiting his body. And it was, I don't know, like Nick something. And he talks about it with the cop and he's like, who is that? He's like, I have no idea who the fuck that is. She's telling me that that's the demon inside of me. Right. Yep. So she's saying there's a demon in him. Uh Now this all comes to play with Chad and we're going to get to Chad in just a second and how this plays into him. And I'm not going to spoil the surprise on how you deal with demons. Um, oh, but after this incident where she threatens his life and she says he's a demon and keeps him in fidelity and steals his truck, she disappears for 58 days. She just, bye. We're kids. Probably with Charles, still at the house. Oh. So during this 58-day disappearance, um, Charles comes convinced that Lori's cheating on him. He ends up finding, and this isn't at this time, but between now and his divorce, he ends up finding documents or he ends up finding proof that or really suggestive evidence that she's been cheating on him with none other than Chad. Chad. Chad, good old Chad, right? <laughs> um, and she's like, You're crazy. So he sends, he tries to talk to family and nobody will talk to him. He's like, I can't get a hold of her, blah, blah, blah. And then since nobody will talk to him, he emails the entire like family roster. He really? like puts everybody in this email and just will be just, just CC everybody. Yeah. He doesn't even like BCC. He's just like everybody in the whole chain. <laughs> and he's like saying like, she's crazy. I'm concerned for her. She's threatened my life. Like I need somebody to believe me. Like I'm worried for the kids, like da, 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 blah, blah, blah. And everyone thinks that he's trying to make Lori look bad and he's trying to blackmail her. And, um, he's a woman and she's going to play the victim. Yeah. And even Colby talks about in the docuseries how, um, he thought that it was really fucked up that he would talk to the whole family. He's like, that's your marital problems. Like figure it out with my mom. Like, but again, Hindsight's always 2020, right? Yeah. So finally, February 8th of 2019, Charles files for divorce. Um, and then Lori again like threatens his life and all that fun jazz. So now we're gonna talk about Chad a little bit. And they go into so much detail about his marriage to Lori. This docuseries is great. But Chad, a little bit about Chad. So from a young age, he always saw himself as different. And over the years, he comes to a point in his adulthood where he decides that he's a prophet. He is the next 
Messiah prophet. I, don't know, I feel like I feel like we've heard this before. You know, mm-hmm. like maybe maybe, maybe maybe in a cult or two, maybe once or twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chad thinks he's a prophet. Lori thinks she's a deity, and Charles wasn't her spiritual equal. Oh, pieces are falling into place, right? It's like a dream couple right there. <clears throat> yep. So, by the way, um, Chad is married. <clears throat> then he's married to Tamara Douglas. She also goes by Tammy, so you hear me reference her as Tammy. And they marry uh, March 9th of 1990. So, <clears throat> he's already married with a wife. They've had a couple of kids, whatever. And during his time before he meets Lori, he's an author. He publishes books. Again, all these religious books and books about his beliefs and his version of this religion, right? He's, in a sense, creating his own. Um, He's a speaker at these LDS conferences, which is how he meets Lori. Um, And then he eventually becomes a publisher. And he goes on to, like, publish texts from other people who write kind of religious context stuff. Um. Um, and as the quote unquote chosen one, that's what he said he was, he claimed that the world was going to end, like I said, July 22nd of 2020. Um, and it was going to end because there were going to be 25,000 zombies. That's what he called them zombies, like not an actual like zombie, but this idea. Mm. And there would be 144,000 true believers. Mm. And they would eradicate all the zombies. Okay. And they would be the ones to survive and withstand the end of the world. And then they would go on to the new Jerusalem once that was made. And they would go on to carry out the work of the Lord for the rest of eternity. So 25,000 zombies for like the whole world? Yeah. So 25,000 zombies against the entire billions of people. They would be the ones, there would be 25,000 zombies to bring on the end of the world. So I'm wondering, like, did they, like, convert other people into zombies, I'm assuming, and then it just like I'm going to give you all that. I'm going to tell you how someone becomes I, a zombie. I Yeah, I need to know all this. Wonderful. I'm going to tell you how someone becomes a zombie. So. And after these 144,000 true believers eradicate all the zombies, then eventually the New Jerusalem would be erected. And they would go there and they would carry out God's work for the rest of eternity, which would just be surprising enough that the new Jerusalem, he said, would be Rexburg, Idaho, which is where he Oh, how ironic. I know. Convenient. And because he was going to be the one to usher in this new era. Not, see what... not Jesus. No. Him. He was chosen one. God told him that. Jesus number two. Like great value versus neighbor. Not even target brand. Yeah. No, he doesn't deserve target. But anyway. <laughs> so how does someone become a zombie, you say? Um, well, he created a light to dark ranking system, if you will. So just think of like a staircase. They do a really good visual on Netflix of this. Mm-hmm. And you the light begins at 6L to 1L. And then the dark spirit begins at 1D to 60. So you could be a light spirit or you could be a dark spirit. And he magically knows what your ranking is. And it's surprisingly not surprising enough, people who kind of don't buy into his bullshit or challenge him or Lori somehow always end up dark spirits. Ooh, I wonder why. Yeah, and so basically he could kind of like rate 
your spirit or like your spirit when you die is go- is going to be this. Like this is where your spirit is going. But once you've become a very dark spirit, uh, you're now a zombie and your soul is stuck in limbo. Okay. So the only way to get your soul out of limbo and to save the soul is to kill the zombie. So to kill the physical form to save the soul. Okay. So back to what Lori said about Charles being a demon. Mm-hmm. She's like, you're being possessed by this demon, Nick something. And so that means the real Charles has died. His soul is now in limbo. And the only way to save him is to kill his body. Is basically what I'm getting at. So Chad was like, you know, he partners with Lori and a few other people, including like her brother, this chick that marries her brother, her niece, and this dude that marries her niece. Like this group of six people uh, get together. And um, amazingly enough, Alex's wife, her niece, and her husband aren't involved in the other shenanigans that are about to take place. So we're really going to talk about Chad, Lori, and Alex. And they're all very bought into this. And um, Alex, Lori once referred to him to somebody as her assassin or her hitman. Yeah. And how do do people believe this stuff is where I'm I'm at a loss. How do people end up in cults? Logic people. Oh, that's a whole other. That's Where whole did your logic go? What happened? Yeah. So they decided that they want to get a jump on these 25,000 zombies. So Chad's making this list of zombies, and they're like, we're going to start taking them out now. Well, because come July 22nd, the world's going to end. We have to do something. Take action. Okay. So now we're talking about Lori and Chad. So to kick things off, July 11th, 2019, Charles actually comes to Arizona from Texas because after he divorced Lori, he moved to Texas, but he would come back every like two weeks or so to see JJ and Tylee. So he shows up at the house to see the kids. Apparently, it was decided that he would take JJ to school that day because I think it was like a Friday or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but what ends up happening instead is a 911 call goes out and it's from Alex stating that he has just shot his brother-in-law. They sh- they play the 911 call. It's fucking ridiculous. So he shoots Charles twice and effectively kills him. But he claims self-defense. What blows my mind is they actually run with that. Like, they're just kind of, like, leave it alone for a while. They don't do more digging. And let me give you some bullet points that strike me as odd. Because this is 2019, and they let the whole self-defense thing just kind of go. So Alex waited 43 minutes to call 911 because he called Lori first. Because she actually took the kids to school. Well, she took JJ to school. And then her and um, Tylee, they are all present for the altercation. And then she took JJ to school. And then her and Tyler bought flip-flops and then they came back to the house. So trauma, right? Like that's traumatic. You just watched your father get shot. Honestly, like the only thing I could think of is like them going to like old Navy and getting this class flip-flop, this $2 flip-flop. <laughs> oh God. There's like a, a, a 
you know how like okay so side tangent just real quick you guys because I, I just died laughing one time so I was on my phone you know scrolling through Facebook and I wasn't even it wasn't even like one of those things where like I'd been like researching like flip-flops to buy no for some reason like old navy decided to come up on my well, my Facebook and I don't shop at old navy like ever and I always hated those flip-flops because I thought they were really uncomfortable personally um I don't care how cheap they were but there was like like one of those like where you can like shop now kind of things and I'm pretty sure you can buy like something like 50 or 100 pairs of like those flip-flops for like a hundred bucks because who would need that many probably because like they were notorious for like the the middle part just fucking flying off yeah shove it back through yeah they broke every other, like, you know, you had to buy at least a solid two or three pairs each summer because you knew they were just going to break. You need them in, like, every color so you can change up, like, your outfit. Quality. Oh, the good uh, High school. $2 nail. Old Navy flip-flops. Anyways, okay. Yeah, so. You can buy a large pack of flip-flops, you guys, Old Navy. Fun fact. And it's a pretty good deal considering the fact that they're now, like, 4 or $5, so you can sell them for twice. Buy it in bulk. It's not on Amazon. Anyway. So after he calls Lori, he calls 911, uh, which is 43 minutes later, which is already sus. Mm, yeah. Right. So that should put self-defense. Um, the lady, you can hear her saying, okay, like, is he breathing? And he's like, I don't know. Like, I can't, he doesn't seem to be breathing or responding. And she's like, okay, can you do CPR? And at first he says no. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to, he's like, oh, well, I don't know how. And she's like, hey, well, I'm going to walk you through it. After they analyze that, they find out that he actually never performed CPR when he said he would. And he's like, yeah, no, he's still not, not responding. So you're hearing this operator walking him through CPR and he's actually not doing it. I feel like I have heard that before though. And yeah, definitely if you've ever performed CPR like I have, there's going to be evidence of it. Right. There's going to be bruising and everything like that. So yeah. he actually never performed CPR. He waited 43 minutes to call the police. I mean, if he could at least try to make it look convincing. Mm-hmm. Here's the other kicker. Charles was sh- or Charles was shot twice. Yeah. The second shot happened after he was already on the ground. Mm. But they still went with self-defense. So his self-defense story was this. And they actually interviewed Ty Lee and they interviewed Lori. So here's the story. Charles showed up and he was going to get, uh, he was going to take JJ to school. And then Lori looked at his phone, which doesn't make any sense because that's like his now ex-wife. And she saw things on there that she didn't particularly like, which I assume had to do with like other women. So they got into this huge fight and he pulled out a bat. And then Tylee comes riding down the stairs with her own bat to like defend her mom. And then she like has like the bat out towards him. And then I guess like they're like ushered out to like leave or something. And then that's like after that, then that's when the shooting takes place. And Tylee's like, yeah, like, I'm like, okay, so the kids were there when his life is being threatened. You instigated a fight, in my opinion. And which to give the, to give Tylee like this misperception. And then Alex kills him because they're like, you brought a gun with you. And he's like, yeah, well, I can, I can still carry all the time. And he's like, the officer's like, okay. Um, but then they find out later on, like he, he's like, oh, he hit me in the head with a bat. And so then Tylee came down with her bat, and then that's when the whole thing happened. So he dies from two gunshot wounds. Um, Lori calls his insurance company the very next day. 
and learns that Charles changed the beneficiary of his $1 million life insurance policy from her to his sister. So she's like, well, shit, that sucks. <laughs> Basically. We did this. We didn't even give you money. I didn't even mention that Charles had like four other boys from like a previous marriage. And she texted them that their dad died. And then, like, doesn't respond to them when they're asking her questions about his death. What an asshole. Yeah. But then she also lies to her own kids about Charles. Because Colby talks about, like, regardless of how their marriage ended, like, Charles was my dad. Like, I always saw him like that. Like, he was the one that was there for me. He did the role. He was the one that was my father. She told him that he had a heart attack. Yeah, that's not even close. Yeah. She told Charles's sons, because they also show a lot of text stuff in this, which I think is great. Um, that they're waiting on the report from the coroner. Oh, yeah. Out how- I don't know if it was those two gunshot wounds, though, man. I mean, yeah. and something he actually finds out from his sister because he shows up at the house or something, and he's like, why the fuck is Alex here? And then he talks to Tylee, and Tylee's like, yeah, he shot Charles. And he's like, what the fuck? So that's, unfortunately, Charles dies. But also, why lie? That's what I'm saying. If it was really self-defense, why lie? And why make up different lies to everybody? So, whatever. So, that's murder number one. I'm sorry. Alleged murder number one. Because it's still an ongoing case. But now we're going to move to August 10th of 2019, which is the last time JJ actually speaks with his grandparents on Charles' side, which would be the ones that inevitably called the police to do the welfare check, right? Mm-hmm. September of 2019, Lori moves herself and and the two children to Ruxburg, Idaho, so she can be with Chad. Chad is still married at this point, just so you know. So she moves to Idaho to be with Chad, but probably doesn't tell people that, to be closer to whatever. Um, And September 8th, so probably roughly not long after she shows up in Idaho, Tylee is last seen at Yellowstone National Park, with Lori, JJ, and Alex, because there is a photo of them at Yellowstone National Park, which they eventually pull off of Lori's computer. So that's actually the last date Tylee's seen alive, hmm. is September 8th. On September 23rd, JJ is last seen at school. And the very next day, on the 24th, Lori actually calls the school to tell them JJ will no longer be attending. So September 8th, Tylee is last seen, and September 23rd, JJ is last seen alive. Okay. Fast forward to October 2nd of 2019, um, Lori's nephew-in-law is almost killed in a drive-by shooting by someone that they find out was driving Charles's car. Charles is dead. Maybe it's a zombie? That's exactly what they find out. <laughs> yeah, because they actually find out between text messages between Alex and Lori that I think his name is Brandon. He's in Z. They called them Zs. So Brandon is now a Z. Oh, what did they watch? World War Z or something? I don't fucking know. No, they're fans of The Walking Dead. I'm not really sure. And magically, suddenly Brandon is in is almost killed in a drive-by shooting, which is super sus. Yeah. So on October 9th, only a week later, Tammy, Ch- Chad's wife, Tammy, calls 911. After a hooded figure attempts to shoot her in her garage when she came home from the store. 
she misses it. He misses her. She ducks. She screams for Chad. Chad comes running out of the house. This is all in Idaho. And she, I guess it was like he attempts to like talk to this assailant, but she told the police she thought it was a like a paintball gun or something. And I was like, it probably wasn't a paintball gun. She probably just like wanted to believe it was that. And yeah. Shock. Yeah, yeah. So a week after Brandon's almost death, 49-year-old, completely healthy, Tammy is almost killed. Ruth. And then 10 days later, Tammy dies. The healthy, no reason to die Tammy dies. From what? Natural causes. Did they do an autopsy? Well, her body gets exhumed. Oh, good. Yeah. This does come up later. It doesn't happen right away. Originally, she dies in their home in Salem, Idaho. She dies of natural causes. Mm -hmm. And it's whatever. But... Later on, after all this other shit starts to come to light, the investigation is reopened and um, it's her, her, her whole thing is under investigation as of February 11, 2020. But again, there's more on that. Okay. Yes, it does okay. get brought back up. So now we're going to fast forward a couple weeks later, like what, two and a half weeks, November 5th, 2019, Lori and Chad get married quite. How nice. They go to Hawaii and they get married on this lovely sandy white beach and there's no children to be seen in the photos. So we're on day. I don't know why. I've never been to Hawaii. Just to come full circle, 21 days later, when JJ's grandparents call the police to have a welfare check done. They actually call the Gilbert police. Or is it Gilbert police? I think it was Gilbert. Maybe it was Mesa. I don't remember. But they just call Arizona police because that's where they thought they lived. And they said, hey, like they just moved there. We have that. We had like a 36 second FaceTime with him back in August and we haven't spoken to him. They left voicemails for her saying like, please let us know he's okay. Please let us know he's a lot like he's we haven't talked to him. Lori calls back. And then that police department gets in touch with the Rexburg Police Department, which is how we come to the beginning of our story. So now we've got background. We need to talk about the intense search for them. So we're about to hit some stuff pretty fast. You ready? Gotcha. Okay. So JJ's grandparents call on November 26th. They do a welfare check, which is unsuccessful. Since Tyler's disappearance two and a half months earlier, my assumption, this is my assumption, this isn't talked about, my assumption is Lori was impersonating Tylee whenever Colby would reach out to her. Because Colby talks about she would he would text Tylee, he would text her and it didn't sound like her. It didn't make sense. He even mentioned he even mentioned that like this doesn't this isn't how you text. This isn't how you use punctuation. Like, are you okay? Is this really you? And once he starts mm-hmm. to make those allegations, her phone goes dead. So I'm like, I assume Lori has her phone. Yeah. Because she's dead. Yeah. And pretending to be Tylee to keep Colby from in, like digging further. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's my assumption. Because they also proved that Tylee's phone was with Lori the entire time. Even when they were in Hawaii. Also, what I find fascinating is that like there's a whole thing about how when people text, it's almost like it's almost as distinct as when you're speaking. Because everybody has like their own form, mm-hmm. truly. Like a lot of people use emojis or if some people don't or if they, you know, it's very like unique to you. So I think that's fascinating. Yeah. Like, I feel like I would probably know if it wasn't you. It's like handwriting. Yeah. 
Yeah. Would you, do you think you'd know if it wasn't me? I think I would know it wasn't you. Also, if I stop sending you memes, you know it's, you know. I know. I'm dead. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to find you. <laughs> That's fine. So, the very next day, November 27th, Lori and Chad flee Idaho and go back to Hawaii. Okay. So, immediately after the police or the welfare check, they're like, bye. They leave everything behind. Mm. They just fuck off. Ruxburg police get search warrants. I'm like, hell yeah, you don't wait. You just go the very next day. They get search warrants to continue the search for JJ and Tylee. Again, to no avail. There's no proof. There's no, they can't find the kids. And they are like, oh, and they're gone. So they're looking for these kids. Nothing happens. December 12th. So like a couple weeks later, Zulema's son. Who is Zulema, you might ask? Zulema is Alex's wife. So she has a son from another marriage or uh-huh. relationship. He is actually a child. I think he was like nine. He calls 911 to let them know that Alex has collapsed in the bathroom. Alex actually dies of blood clots and high blood pressure. He must have been very unhealthy. Because Zulema is actually interviewed. I don't know if he, she's actually interviewed and she says that at one time Alex said that I think Chad and Lori are making me their fall guy. And she's like, fall guy for what? Like, what is going on? And he wouldn't tell her. Hmm. But whatever. And I was like, yeah, they were, you idiot. <laughs> because it becomes assumed that he was the one who attempted to murder Brandon and Tammy. After he shot Charles. <laughs> so, December, 20, December 20th, so eight days later, Ruxburg goes public with their investigation for the disappearance of JJ and Tylee. Why? Because Chad and Lori are MIA. They can't find them. Alex is dead. Nobody else knows. They go to Colby. They go to his grandparents. Nobody knows. They even call this um, Mallory. Was that her name? I don't know what's her name. Oops. Should I take mushrooms? Melanie. They go to Melanie and they're like, they called her and she was like, um, actually, like, I have no idea. He's not with me. And they actually give you in the docuseries a phone call between Melanie um. Did I say Melanie again? Was I right? Was I said before? Yeah. Okay. Between her and Lori and Chad. And she's like, if you were really my friends, you wouldn't have lied to the police and told them that JJ was with me. There's a whole thing. And eventually they say on the phone call that she's, um, I guess, a dark spirit or some shit. Of course she is. So she's going against them, right? So they go public and the world fucking explodes. They're trying to like find these children. Everybody's on the story. And now all of a sudden it's national news, right? The disappearance of these children that's been months in the making. January 25th of 2020. So now we're like, what? Two months after the welfare check comes through. Mm-hmm. Lori and Chad uh, are found in Hawaii. So somebody saw them in the airport or whatever. And then the police get involved. So they're finally found in Hawaii and they're served. Well, Lori is served with court orders to present the children within five days. Like, you have five days to come to this court appearance with your children. Otherwise, we're going to arrest you. Yeah. What do you think happens? She doesn't show up. She doesn't show up. She doesn't go to court. She doesn't go to court. She doesn't show up with JJ or Tylee. So, February 20th, because they magically hide from the police, she's finally found and arrested in Hawaii. So she's still there, just hiding out. So she's arrested and she's charged with two felony counts of desertion and non-support of, of dependent children. 
So they arrest her because like, and everyone's like, where are your children? Why won't you just tell everybody where your children are? And like, da 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 And someone even says, it's really dark. It's like, everyone is praying for your children and praying for you and your family. Like, why can't you just tell us where your children are? She's like, oh, that's nice. Ew. Yeah. And that's all she says to the reporter. So over time, Lori would eventually be extradited back to Idaho to await trial. And on June 9th of 2020, she's, um, the charred human remains or charred human remains are found on Chad's property in a burn pit. So stomachs drop, right? So like, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Chad is then arrested because it's obviously his property. Um, and four days later on June 13th, both sets of remains are confirmed to be JJ's and Tylee's. And why would you do it on your own property is my thing. Because I didn't think anybody was going to know. How not? Mm-hmm. Is my logic. Oh, God, people. I'm not saying that I'd be the best murderer either, but I mean, logic. All these stories, it's like your logic just goes out the fucking window or you just don't have it. Yeah. So here's what we know. They don't talk about in the docuseries, actually. They actually don't bring up that the point by the end of the docuseries, they actually say like the reports on the bodies were not actually released to the public. So this is as much information as I was able to uncover about what happened to them. Um, they While Tylee's remains were so charred and burned, they don't know exactly what happened to her, but they can say at some point she was dismembered Oof. and partially burned. And JJ's body was found. They also were buried in separate parts of the yard. And he also had a pet cemetery too. Ew. Yeah. They were no. they were buried in different parts of the yard. Ugh. And JJ's body was wrapped inside of a black trash bag. And there was a plastic bag wrapped around his head. And the bag was duct taped shut. So that's where his body was found. Mm-hmm. So we're going to fast forward to August 7th and Chandler authorities file charges against Lori on conspiracy to commit murder of Charles Badlow. So they're like, okay, well, you're now potentially facing murder charges of your children. We're now a little bit sus about the series of events leading up to this and all of the footage. So they are like, we're going to press charges on like basically conspiracy to commit murder on your ex-husband. Yeah. Hence why I said like alleged. So that happens. Both, I'm just going to say this now because they reference a lot in the stuff that I researched, but basically Chad and Lori both plead not guilty to all charges pressed against them. Chad's defense really pressed to have their charges filed separately, like have separate cases. And basically this judge is like, fuck all y'all, you're getting charged together. Things are happening. Da, 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 da. Yeah. This judge denies a lot of the defense's requests. Moving on. May 25th, 2021. So we're rapidly catching up here. Um, Lori and Chad are charged with the murder of Tammy, Tylee, and JJ. So now this is where Tammy's case is getting re-brought gotcha. back in. Because now they're like, oh, it's really weird. Because then they also say in the docuseries, like Lori bought this wedding ring months before Tammy died. Mm. And you see her wearing it. And then how those each one of the exes somehow magically die. Mm-hmm. And I guess Chad got like, Almost half a million dollars from from Tammy's death, her life insurance. Mm. So two days later, May 27, 2021, 
And this plays a big factor in actually what happened in February, which is going to piss you off. Lori is found incompetent to stand trial. Therefore, she's unfit to stand and it causes a pause in her Idaho case. And I'm going to bring up this later why that's important. On June 29th of 2021, AZ indicted Lori on the charges of Charles. So they're bringing forth their charges. Um, August 26th of 2021, Chad waives his right to a speedy trial. That's important because Lori doesn't. And that's what comes into play later. August 30th of 2021, Lori is deemed incompetent again. And her trial is pushed. Her hearing is pushed to September 8th of 2021. So the judge is like, all right, she's based on all of the stuff coming in from the doctors. You're still not fit to stand trial. We're not going to proceed. So they push it again. That's the second time. April 11th of 2022, Lori is finally found competent to stand trial 10 and a half months later. So it's been 10 and a half months and she's finally found competent to stand trial. Mm. April 19th, 2022, trial is now actually set between October 11th and December 16th of 2022. And then on May 2nd of 2022, the prosecution announces that they're going to be seeking the death penalty for both of them on the grounds that the crimes were exceptionally depraved and financially motivated. Yeah. 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 I would say so. Right. So May 26th of 2022, Lori's trial is pushed again from October 11th, 2022 to January 9th of 2023. So Chad and Lori can be tried together. As in the judge is like, no, you guys need to be tried together because this all happened because of the two of you, right? So now we're going to go to December 8th of 2022 and the new trial is set for April 3rd of 2023. So that's when the new trial has been scheduled. So we're going to fast forward to February 9th of 2023. So this is so just, just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, literally nine days ago. We can have to go. Um, Lori's defense requests that her case actually be dismissed. Be fucking dismissed. Why? Due to her constitutional right to a speedy trial being violated. Her lawyer claims that by the new trial date of April 3rd, she will have been jailed for 1,169 days, putting her 44 days over the six months from the date of her arraignment, which is her right to a speedy trial, which she never waived. So that's what he's trying to do. He's saying her rights are being violated. Therefore, everything should be dismissed. Ooh. Whereas Chad waived his right. So that doesn't apply to him. But if they're being tried together, does that, what does that mean then? I don't know. If you're a lawyer, tell us. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Does that mean Chad's charges get dropped or does his get reduced? Because it doesn't affect him. It doesn't affect him. It affects her. Would he take on all of the charges then? Right. So does she get to go free then? Because... Right. Or does it not matter? Because it would have had to been like an agreement that they both waived. Mm, I don't know. Oh. Because that, when he waived his right, was before the judge decided they would be tried together. Is when his defense kept trying to push that they'd be tried separately. Hmm. So, that irritated the shit out of me when I read that. Because, really, She's the reason why she didn't have a speedy trial, right? Because she's the one that kept being found incompetent. And if you're smart enough, you'll work the system that way. I am so glad you said that because here's what the prosecution said. The prosecution argues that Judge Boyce, who's been this judge this entire time, determined good cause in delaying the trial, most domineering being Lori's competency to stand trial. 
So he's like, I delayed it because of these reasons. Mm-hmm. Which the prosecutor's like, no, nah, that's a good reason. So that's kind of like their argument on like, hell no, we're not doing that. Um, so as of nine days ago, Boyce said that he will issue a decision in motion soon. I personally don't think that that's going to be dismissed, but you never know. Crazy year shit has happened. Well, if it gets dismissed, there's going to be a ton of really angry people. I, at least I, I really hope so. Oh, yeah. I will bring my pitch for it. If it's not, if it's not worse, here's what her defense also asked. Her defense also asked for individual uh, war dire, which I probably butchered the shit of that. But if you don't know what that is, it's examinations when it comes to interviewing potential jurors. So it's a special way then of interviewing the jurors. And so what she's trying to pick her own jurors. They're trying to get really selective here. And here's where we go with this. So I'm going to read this verbatim from a source because it's said better than me trying to bring it. So, and I quote, this would be the for sensitive matters such as questions about punishment, mental health issues, domestic violence, or religion. Defense attorney John Thomas said, that's her attorney. Religion is going to come out a lot in this trial, and a lot of these allegations are about the LDS religion. We believe that infer- that's information we need. Prosecutors do not object to the individual vor dire, but took issue with jurors being asked about their religious beliefs. And I quote, the state will be objecting to any questions about their religions and what congressions they attend, end quote. Madison County Prosecuting Attorney Rob Wood, Office of the Prosecution, said, end quote, we don't believe that's appropriate or relevant, end quote. Voice granted the motion, but said small groups will mainly be used when it comes to examining jury members and if needed, potential jurors would be questioned privately. So I don't think people are going to be questioned about their religion. Because what I think he's trying to do is have hand-picked jurors that are going to agree with her point of view. Right. Because that's not, no. That's not how it works. Yeah. Because I think what they're going to try to do is really lean into, like, the LDS religion and faith and, like, her her side of it and try to gain sympathies from a mainly LDS jury. So I don't think that's going to work. We'll see, but we're gonna we're gonna see what comes out of that. We're almost. Ooh, I'll be so angry if it comes out that way. Yeah, the judge, Judge Boyce, has also put into motion all evidence and witness lists have been given the submission deadline of March thirteenth, twenty twenty three. So I will also be keeping you guys updated on how this trial plays out um, because it's so fucking relevant. I think it's really intense and interesting. But you might be asking. Where are Col- where's Colby now? Now I didn't mention this in the beginning, but if you watch the docu series, Colby, it, he, you know, him and his wife were in this whole docu series, and they had a daughter. And while I said like I wasn't going to really focus on them, he was the main speaker in this docu series. So I was like, well, where is Colby now? Then this shit has kind of started to move again, right? Where are him and his wife is named Kelsey. So where are him and Kelsey now? I have an update for you. Colby actually wrote a book called The God Over Odds, and um, I'll put the link to that book in the description if you would like to check it out. Um, Kelsey actually launched um, her own skincare brand called The Bougie Basics, uh, luxury skincare on a budget, which isn't new, but good for her. And she became a creative author under the banner Girl After God. Again, also links to her stuff as well in the description if you would like to check them out. Um, Since airing of the show, which was in September, or no, it, yeah, it was in September of 2022. Um, they had their second daughter. So they had two daughters. 
now and they actually did divorce mid-summer of 2022 wah wah september of 2022 colby was actually arrested double wah wah why you say let me tell you because kelsey accused him of raping her triple wah wah <laughs> yeah so she claims that at the end of like august 31st he came over to her house they had already been separated they were on amicable terms they weren't like malicious they're like we were fine she's like he came over to like watch a movie i'm guessing also like spend time with the kids the kids went to bed and they started to kiss and everything and eventually she was like actually i don't want to do this anymore like i don't want this to go any further she said no she said stop and he didn't stop and so she filed rape charges against him he was arrested but three days later all charges were dropped without prejudice um, one week before the Netflix documentary aired. But that means, according to this article, drop without prejudice means they can be charged again in the future. They could be brought back. So. To be continued. That's where they are now. So that's the story of the murder and disappearance of Tylee Ryan and JJ Ballow. That's so sad. It's really sad. Um We'll see what happens. There's a lot more in the docu-series that I obviously didn't talk about because I wanted to focus on like them and like what led to this. But it's wild, man. Like it's crazy. It's really worth the watch. But let me cite my sources. Um, I will also just be putting like links to the sources in the description. But I used Wikipedia uh, for my sources. I also used East Idaho News. I used Newsweek.com and the cinema, the cinemaholic.com. And um I also listen, or I also watched the docuseries, which I referenced already, Sins of Our Mother on Netflix. So give that a watch. That's what I've got. Sorry for depressing everybody. Um, I don't know. Go hug somebody you love. So they have that. The soap opera, man. So much drama. Fucking wild. Dude, okay. So if you need one more reason to watch the docuseries, there are a couple calls Colby had with his mom after her, after her arrest. Oops. And... She does not give a fuck that they died. No. He was, he basically asks her, like, how could you do this? And he's like, I miss them. And she's like, I miss them too. He's like, you, how can you miss them? She's like, how can I not? They were my babies. Mm. And she's like, you weren't there. He was like, you know, he's like, he said something. And she's like, oh, wow, you were there. You know what happened? That's, he's like, oh, she's like, that's weird. But she has no, like, she honestly doesn't. She's like, you don't understand the full story. Like, you don't understand. I protected them. I did what I was supposed to do. It was infuriating to listen to. It's mm. fucking wild, man. So, yeah. Sons of Our Mother. Check it out on Netflix. Yeah. That was awesome. Thank you. I, now, now I really want to know the ending to this, but I have to wait. Because, like, it's still gone. Ah, oh, this is the worst. We can watch the docuseries. We could. I'll watch it with you <laughs> again. <laughs> it's wild. Oh, wait, hold on, hold on. Cheers. <laughs>